Welcome to the Valley View Friends Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Josh, and I'm glad to share the next few minutes with you today. At Valley View Friends Church, we like to say that we are learning how to live as God's people, reaching and restoring hearts and homes with Jesus. Well, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving holiday. This podcast is coming out just after Thanksgiving, and I know everybody's fast getting ready for Christmas. Well, this year I am reusing a message from two years ago. So it was delivered November 21st, 2021, about Jesus as your King. And I think it's worth re-listening to. In particular, I was struck at the idea of how I can be guilty of wanting a small, manageable Jesus that I can shoehorn into my own plans. But that's not what King Jesus asks of you or of me. He is much bigger. So here goes the message. Today we're going to read a passage of scripture where Jesus stands on trial before Pontius Pilate. It's a quick record of a conversation between the Roman governor of Judea and Jesus, who is king of kings and lord of lords. Simply put, Pilate does not know who he's talking to. He's trying to figure it out, but he really can't see what's going on. Pilate's doing the work of a magistrate. He's trying to render justice. He's concerned about the charges that the religious leaders have leveled at Jesus. He's trying to discover the truth. And in the end, Pilate is trying to find out who Jesus is, but Jesus is doing something very different. He's trying to get Pilate to decide who he thinks Jesus is, because who Jesus is and who Pilate thinks Jesus is are two different ideas. Jesus is king of kings no matter what, and what Pilate thinks is something altogether different. Pilate finds Jesus innocent of being a king. That's his ultimate rendering And it's a problem. And that's the rub here. Jesus is who he is, no matter what. But Pilate cannot experience truth until he declares that he knows Jesus is king. A little while back, I was watching baseball bloopers on YouTube. It was just a lazy couple of days in the summertime, and I found myself watching uh, those sports blooper videos, and, and then a video was suggested to me of a young boy at a little league camp. He was dressed in his teen uniform. He was excited about what was happening on the field. He was just thrilled about baseball. He was all energy and wiggles. You could tell uh, he was just waiting for his turn. He was just, yes, I am so glad to be here. And I could also tell he had no idea who he was standing next to. This young boy who looked wound tight to go out and experience baseball was standing next to a former Major League Baseball star and an NFL star. It was Bo Jackson. I know some people don't know who that is, but he's a famous athlete. Yeah, he was retired at this point in the video, and he was happy to be there on the field to watch the boys and to play catch with them. He was there to encourage them in their passion for baseball, but this little boy didn't know who Bo Jackson was, didn't know who this man was next to him. In his eyes, the baseball star standing next to him was just another grown-up. And so Bo Jackson quietly explained who he was and shared some of his achievements with the boy. And it still did not register. The boy was interested, but he was suspicious. Professional baseball players live on television, not standing next to him on a ball field. But Bo Jackson was Bo Jackson, no matter what the little boy believed. The difference really was the little little boy's ability to perceive who was standing next to him. And it's the same with Jesus. Jesus is who he is, and nothing can change that. 
We are the ones who change when we see, when we understand, and declare rightly who Jesus is. We might have all sorts of questions about life and why things happen the way they do, but you will only find satisfaction and truth when you are able to answer the question yourself, and that is, who is King Jesus? Who is Jesus? And you'll have to answer, he is King And you have to answer even better, he is my king and my savior. When we can answer that question honestly ourselves, we will know the truth and hope, and we will be released from the faltering rule of this earthly kingdom into the perfect rule of King Jesus. Pilate asks Jesus who he is, but Pilate must answer to Jesus his own answer about who he believes Jesus to be. So, who do you say Jesus is? That's the question. And your answer means the difference between frustration with life and a hope-filled eternal life. Let's go ahead and read the text. It's in the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 33 through 38. And it reads like this. So, Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it about say it to you about me? And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born. For this purpose I have come into this world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. That's our text. And it might seem strange to read what sounds like an Easter text. We hear this text at Easter time all the time. And here we are in November. So why am I looking at this now? Well, as I said, it's a reused message. But this is an important time of year to read this text. Much of the church around the world observes a liturgical calendar. Calendar Now, the Friends denomination, we don't really follow that very much. Uh, not too strictly. Uh, Many of us understand the big pieces of the year, like Christmas, Advent, maybe Lent, Easter, Pentecost, a couple other special days here and there. We get the general shape of the year, but today, this Sunday, is the final day of the official church calendar. And so it starts anew next Sunday with the beginning of Advent. And so we're standing on the edge of the holidays, and we're thinking of the birth of a baby Jesus in a manger, and I think it's fitting to take a moment just before we get into holidays and think about Jesus as king, powerful, mighty, and majesty. And so we're going to ask ourselves, who do you say, and who who do I say Jesus is? Do we? Do I? Do you call him king? So we read about Pontius Pilate interrogating Jesus. 
and were posed the question, who is Jesus? Now, Pilate is the Roman governor of Judea. He ruled for about 10 years in Judea from the year 26 to the year 36 AD. Pilate was under constant pressure to show that he supported the authority of the Roman emperor, and he could not allow an upstart king to to rise up in, in Israel. It would reflect very poorly on Pilate. He cannot allow that to happen. He was to stop this sort of behavior. That was his job. And so, Pilate begins by asking Jesus questions. And I think we need to imitate Pilate here. We should also ask questions of God, of Jesus, and of the Holy Spirit. Abraham Joshua Heschel, a Jewish scholar, writes these words, We are closer to God when we are asking questions than when we are trying than when we think we have the answers. And I think there's some wisdom there. So how does Jesus answer Pilate's questions? Well, as Jesus often does, he responds with his own questions. He doesn't really answer Pilate's questions the way Pilate wants. He's trying to get Pilate to see that he is asking the wrong questions. If you take a moment, you can read and list out Pilate questions from our text. And he asks us four questions. And I want to look at those today. In verse 33, he asks, are you king of the Jews? In verse 35, he asks, what have you done? In verse 37, he asks, so you are a king? Or so you are a king? And in verse 38, he asks, what is truth? So first, let me point out that Pilate gets answers like we often get them when we seek God's face. Pilate gets not the answers he's looking for, but he gets more questions for Jesus. He gets redirected statements. He gets pointed in another direction. Pilate wants to know, Jesus, these leaders of your people are declaring you a troublemaker and a rebel. How do you respond to these changes? And instead, Pilate meets face to face with the calm Jesus, who is not fearful of authority of a Roman governor because his own authority supersedes that moment. Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, and he does not have to worry about a Roman governor. Have you ever asked God a question and received no answer, or at best a word from God that you were not expecting? When your questions are unanswered, God is likely trying to get you to ask different questions. So, let's look at Pilate's questions again in just a little more detail. Verse 33, he asks, Are you King of the Jews? I'm not sure that Pilate is asking uh, uh, this question in a condescending or sarcastic way. I've often heard people, you know, read this back and and assume that it's very mocking the way he asks. And I, I think Pilate is trying to discern very directly if Jesus is a revolutionary. So he asks, are you king of the Jews? I want to know. And Jesus responds with a penetrating question. What others say about me is not important, Pilate. Who you say I am matters. Who do you say I am? And that is the question that's posed to you. Who do you say Jesus is? Perhaps you have lived your whole life not thinking beyond what everyone else says Jesus is. Have you been living on who your parents say Jesus is, on what your pastor says, who Jesus is, on what the TV says? You cannot live on anyone else's profession of faith. You must declare who you believe Jesus to believe to be, and that is your act of faith. He does not change, but you do. 
And that is why that's why it's important for you to declare who Jesus is. This is your opportunity to step out in faith. The second question that Pilate asks is this in verse 35, what have you done? <laughs> Pilate got a non-answer from Jesus the first time around, so he asks, what have you done? Not who Jesus is, but what has he accomplished? Jesus could have listed his miracles. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. He could have said those things and point out very real world examples. Instead, Jesus responds that his kingdom is not of the world. Think about that conversation between Pilate and Jesus for a moment. I mean, Pilate goes, what have you done? And Jesus' response is, my kingdom's not of the world. <laughs> That's a strange exchange of words, right? I mean, Pilate's probably going, what is going on here? We too often want to weigh Jesus' worth by his love and friendliness and how nice he is, how he helps others. Jesus wants us to weigh him by who he is and by his kingdom. His kingdom does not play by our rules, but it is of heaven. This is beyond Pilate's comprehension. So Pilate takes this information of Jesus being of a kingdom, not of this world, and it confuses him. The way that Pilate measures powers is not the same way that Jesus measures power. So he tries to shoehorn Jesus back into his little world. And that shows in the next question when Pilate says in verse 37, so you are king. Oh, okay. So you are a king of this world. He's shoehorning him in. Pilate, out of his understanding, tries to place Jesus back in his own little world and kingdom. He wants only a Jesus that fits his world of a Roman Empire. And this is a problem. And you and I are often tempted to do what Pilate does. We take Jesus, we take the Holy Spirit, we take God the Father, we try to cram them into our little worlds. We run into problems when we only want a Jesus that fits our understanding, our comprehension, and our desires. A Jesus that we can control and we can manipulate is not potent enough to redeem us from our sin. The grand King Jesus cannot be found in our limited designs, limited comprehension, and in our limited abilities. How does Jesus respond to Pilate's question, so you are king? Jesus instead declares his purpose. He tells Pilate he was born for this purpose to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. That's what he says. Pilate answers back with Another question, and that's verse 38. What is truth? I think that's the saddest question in the whole Bible. Pilate is not just a philosopher asking what truth is. He's not just a postmodern prodigal trying to grasp onto a concept of slippery truth. When Pilate asks what is truth, he, ha he reveals in that moment that he has not heard the words of Jesus through the entire conversation. Jesus has been trying to get Pilate to see deeper than his little Roman world. And Pilate asks, what is truth? But he cannot see that truth himself stands right before him at that moment. See, in John fourteen six, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus, truth himself, is standing before Pilate. He's trying to get Pilate to really see him, but he cannot. And at least in this story, Pilate cannot declare that Jesus is king. 
He shows us this by first not knowing that Jesus is the truth, but then he goes out to the crowd and he tries to appease them. He tries to, uh, he declares Jesus innocent of the charge of being a king. He, he tries to trade Jesus for Barabbas. He, he's trying to get Jesus set free, but he does not make, but he does make a statement of who he believes Jesus to be. Did you catch it? I mean, Pilate really does say that he believes Jesus is someone. Pilate saying, I see no king here. He's innocent of being a king. Pilate couldn't be more wrong. Because Jesus is asking you to declare him to be king. He's asking Pilate to declare that too. But if you're going to declare him to be king, that requires you to stop living on what others believe and have belief yourself. This requires that you put away the values of this world and take up the values of heaven. This requires that you stop trying to limit God to your desires and comprehension, that you step into a world of infinite power and possibility of what Jesus can do. And this requires you to receive Jesus as the truth. What is it that makes Jesus different? It's who he is. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. All through history, other men die on crosses. What makes Jesus different is who he is. That he is the one with the authority to lay down his life and take it up again. Charles Colson writes these words, Other kings send people out to fight and die for them, but King Jesus died for his people. I have one final quote, and it's a very good one. One I think it's worth really dwelling on for a little bit. It's from Leonard Ravenhill, and it goes like this. I'll read it twice. Soak it in. Jesus did not come into the world to make bad men good. He came into the world to make dead men live. So I'll read that again. Jesus did not come into the world to make bad men good. He came to make he came into the world to make dead men live. One of the great misconceptions of Jesus that he just makes you good. That he's about goodness and madness. He does solve the problem of sin. But what Jesus really does, what King Jesus does, is he brings us to life. Have you let him do that? In your world? In your life? Who do you say Jesus is? It makes all the difference. If you'll call him King. Your King. Let's pray. God, today I want to take a moment and thank you for your son, Jesus, who is King. Lord, I pray for each person listening that they would hear your voice and declare themselves, for themselves, that Jesus is their King. That's my prayer. It's simple. It's short. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with Jesus.